Hey guys, it's Pastor Jeremy Sutton here at GLC. I'm so thankful that you tuned in this evening. Uh, I'm the pastor at Lifehouse Fellowship Church, and I get to do this broadcast here at Light of the Southwest, and we're so thankful that for this opportunity to come to you this evening. I've got my good friend with me, Woody Robinson. Woody, how you doing, my bud? Jeremy, always, always good to be with you, my <laughs> friend. Yes, sir. You and I just, uh, the Lord introduced us to each other back in 2017, and sometimes you just meet a brother you didn't know you had. Yeah. And you and I just hit it off. Um, and then we started being in some of the same services together, and then yeah. we kept playing golf together, and then <laughs> we make up an excuse to keep playing some more golf. So I'm doing more real golf. good, my friend. Well, Excited I'm, about being also becoming a part here at GLC yes. with you. It's an exciting time for both of us. Yes. You know, our show uh, goes on live every Sunday at 12.30 p.m., Lifehouse Fellowship Church, and uh, we're so thankful to be upon the airwaves, we've gotten a lot of good response. And so I know that as your show begins mm -hmm. uh, to air here live at GLC, it's going to just shake, rattle, and roll. You've been in services with me this week. Uh-huh. And we've... Uh, <laughs> had a great time. We had a wonderful time. We did. People, uh, people are just enjoying uh, your heart, how you deliver the message, how you communicate is I think is a lost art the especially the the ability to evangelize the way you do the way you get behind the platform and we get behind that podium and you begin to speak that you know we're not we're not you're not a teacher you are certainly a preacher well I, I have, thank you I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say thank you about that um, I have my moments where I get more expressive <laughs> i have my moments where i can i get a little loud yeah, yeah. Um, but with that I've, i think some of that is some of my pentecostal upbringing that when we get exuberant we also get loud we get expressive yeah um i i think that the word of god says that our worship of him should always be expressed yes let, let me give you just a historical historical fact up to about 500 years ago, no one read silently. Right. You still it's this. only a, a something that we've developed in about the last 100 year, 500 years in our cultures so that if anyone read, they read it out loud. Yeah. If anyone prayed, they prayed out loud. When the Bible talks about sing to the Lord, clap your hands, dance, worship the Lord, raise your hands. All of these things are outward expressions. Yeah. And yet if we're not careful, we can let other people's non-expression determine our expression and we kind of tone it down. Now, I understand there are points and times where you have to say, look, we're trying to be respectful of the entire room. Right. But when it's time to praise the Lord, we're, it's supposed to be out loud. Yes. Psalms 107, four different occasions said, oh, that men would praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, that men would express themselves. 
Let me tell you something about men. They don't have any problem expressing themselves. <laughs> if they get mad at the lawnmower, they're liable to throw it across the yard and cuss it. If they get upset about the car. But watch them also at sporting events. Yeah. There's a touchdown. If their team's winning, if their team's losing, they're going to express themselves. It's good. And I think one of the things that if we're in the church world, if we're not careful, we're not expressing ourselves. Yeah. Even at work, express yourself. You know what? Pray over your food in front of your coworkers. Yeah. People will respect that. That's so good. People will say, hey, what, what, hey I, I've got a need. I've got a problem. Will you pray with me? It's like, exactly. well, I sure will. Well, they've seen you pray. Yeah. They're not caught off guard that you pray. Right. But now if you're going to pray over your food, don't go cuss your coworker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But some of my expression is just from my exuberance. I'm not trying to, um, you know, run people off. Right. But also know that every person has to be who they are. There are some people who are teachers. There are some people who are pastors. There are apostles. There are prophets. Um, all the fivefold ministry is still functioning in the body of Christ. Yes. That's the way God designed the church to function. Yes. And some of us are just a little louder than others. Yeah. And sometimes I get a little loud. Well, I, ter- I, I totally uh, am, am just thankful to the Lord that our paths cross because our our church has grown because of your impact upon our ministry. Thank you. And we're we're so very thankful. Uh, one of the things that you do, Woody, is you're, you're real. Uh, you, who you are in the pulpit is the same guy in my office, mm-hmm. is the same guy out on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And you came into my life in a season where me, I, me personally, I was I was dealing with some things. I needed I needed some encouragement. I needed some uh, a boost, so to mm-hmm. speak. And you know, buddy, things things uh, changed when Woodrow, especially when Old Blue showed up. <laughs> well, that's more golf related when Old Blue showed up, because that happened to be a, a three wood out of my bag that that when in your hands it developed more potential than it ever did in mine. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 there that then becomes the question when people are around you yeah do you make people better right or do you limit them do you celebrate them or do you stifle them yeah who are you when someone is around you if someone spends time with you do they want to spend time with you again when they are around you do you give them quality advice authentic genuine Sometimes you have to tell your friends you're wrong. Stop doing that. Sometimes you have to tell your friends, hey, this is one of those seasons you have to be strong in the Lord. And sometimes you just need to celebrate when they celebrate. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I enjoy especially about your church is that the people are very encouraging. Yeah. They're very expressive. And then that encourages my encouragement and then my expression. And then he's an even as you and I have become closer friends, yeah. that authentic and genuineness on the golf course or at the restaurant or in church is the same is the same person we always are. Right. And that's what the world's looking for. The world is exhausted yeah. with people who are one way in church and another way at their job or one way in church and another way at the football field, 
one way in church or another way when they're shopping. It really needs to be very pointed and directed that we as followers of Jesus start exhibiting the joy of the Lord. Yes. Not the joy in politics, not the joy in our job, (laughs) not the joy that our car broke down. You're ex, you're you are ex, you're expressing something. That's right. My expression should be the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right. You know, I, I mentioned yesterday from the pulpit at your place, you shouldn't have you shouldn't need coffee to be nice to people. Right. If you say, I am a born again, saved, redeemed, filled with the Holy Spirit believer, I'm on my way to heaven. You should be able to be nice to people before you ever get coffee into your system. So good. Coffee shouldn't be more important than the Spirit of God living in you, residing in you, and expressing through you. So good. But that's one of the things that I enjoy about knowing you as a friend and a minister is that you're also the same man in the pulpit as you are on the golf course. Yeah as you are at the restaurant. I try to be. And I've spent, when, when you're not, I correct you. <laughs> but I've spent time with your family. I mean, we've, yeah. you know, had big family dinners. And yes. it's that authenticity that people will always be drawn to. It's good. You know, I have a lot of people come in through our doors. And I say, I say a lot of people, but uh, you're the only one I allow to stay at my house. Thank you. And uh, there's there's just a, there's just a strength in our relationship uh, that is real neat. Woody, tell tell the people a little bit about who you are, where you're from, the name of your church. Okay. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. Um, I am the pastor of Rock of Ages Church in Dallas, Texas. Um, the church was originally began by my uh, parents in 1986. <laughs> Um, we've been at the same location ever since then. Um, it's become a season in my life. I was more, had more of an itinerary, what we would call an evangelist, and spoke at different places, different weeks. But God has called me to focus more attention on this one location. But God is also now opening up a door here through GLC that even though I'm at one location more often, I'm actually going to have the opportunity to go into more homes simultaneously. Um, the, my mom and dad started the church and they were faithful in that. My mom is still at the church and she still preaches for me when I'm gone. She still helps lead some of the singing. She's still a wonderful woman of God, plays the organ, preaches, prays, prophesies, <laughs> taught me in the ways of the Lord, brought me up in church. And, yeah. uh, uh, as some of people say, well, they drugged me to church my whole life. Well, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. they did. You yeah. know what? Yeah, yeah. Hell has tried to, dra- Satan has tried to drag me to hell. I'm glad my mama drugged me to church. Come on. Church isn't bad. Church is good. God established the church. We need church. We need to go to church. It's a good thing. You know, um, I've heard it said this way, Brother Woody, that, um, church is the hope of the world. Mm-hmm. Some would, some would say, well, all I need is Jesus. Okay. Well, yeah, you need Jesus, yeah. but you also need the body of Christ. Yeah. Jesus wouldn't <laughs> even allow his disciples to go out yeah. unless there were at least two of them together. That's so good. And then Paul later writes, I believe it's Paul later writes, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. 
Yeah. Well, I just don't want to go to church. Right. Okay, well then go assemble together. Well, if we assemble together, that'll be church. <laughs> See, it's funny. People want to fight semantics. Right. I don't want to call it church. Well, then go just call it assemble. <laughs> Fine, right. go call it assembly, but, but, but go do it. Exactly. You, no one fights. Oh, I don't want to assemble at Walmart. I don't want to assemble at the football station. I don't want to go assemble when my little kid, when my grandchild's playing soccer, I don't want to assemble. Yeah. You go down to the soccer field. You don't care anything about soccer. That's right. You're watching your grandchild. Yeah. We don't assemble for ourselves. We assemble because Jesus is the center. So He's good. the center. That's right. He is the church. That's right. But we're, we're him in the earth extended. That's right. You are designed and born to be the extension, the physical extension of Jesus in the earth. Come on. That's what you're supposed to be. That's right. I'm not supposed to be just barely making it to heaven. I'm supposed to be leading people to the kingdom. Jesus came and preached the kingdom. He did. Jesus preached the kingdom. And every time Jesus started preaching, people assembled. Yeah. Well, Jesus didn't have a church, really. Every yeah. time Jesus started talking, people gathered around. Exactly. That's church. Why the frustration of having to feed them all the time? Because there's people. They assembled. They assembled. <laughs> one, one passage, one passage, they were there for three days. That's right. Three days, and they didn't have, the, the assembly didn't have any food. Exactly. But they were doing what? <laughs> they were assembling. That's right. They were together. Yes. Be careful that the enemy doesn't bring in a deception. That's right. Yes, you can walk with Jesus just as close in your car as you can in the church. But if you separate from the church too long, you'll start separating in your car. Woo! That's good right there, Brother Woody. I've got a, I've got a question. So... We was talking before we went on the air about how you are a fourth-generation preacher. Oh, my. I personally come from a long line of ministers myself. You do. We have, I, I recounted, at one time there was 46 of us in the ministry, 22 full-time pastors. Now people have retired and uh, people right. have That's moved on. Uh, now there's 33 of us in the ministry and 20 full-time pastors. Wow. In, in our family. So there was really no question whether or not uh, Jeremy Sutton was going to be a pastor. <laughs> okay. But now let me ask you a question, almost okay. of, of interviewing you. Are there some people maybe that the viewers might, is, is there some names in your family ministry lineage that some of the viewers might know? Yeah, there are. Uh, one, of, one of the people that we'll be interviewing right here at Light of the Southwest next week will be Gabe George. He's the son of Willie George. That's a cousin of ours. Willie of George has one of the largest churches in Oklahoma, Church on the Move. He established the 180 youth, youth programs right. that, that traveled all across the world but he was also known lovingly as Gospel Bill. Gospel Bill, the Gospel one and only. Bill. Yeah. No, so he's in your family. He's in our family. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was a night, <clears throat> and I'll, t I'll go back to my, to my before me. Okay. 
is my grandfather. He he uh, I I grew up. My, my grandpa pretty much raised me. Okay. In my teenage years, and I lived with him and my grandmother, and they were so loving and and uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Some of my aunts and uncles have different stories about that, but that's not my story. Uh, I had packed a trash bag at age, age uh, uh, 14. Okay. And uh, I was heading to go see my dad. There you go. And uh, this is the day before cell phones, and Grandpa just, by the Holy Ghost, just turned on my street. He said, Jeremy, what are you doing? I said, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm not staying here. I just knew that some, something had to happen uh -huh. at that early of age. Of my, something. Something needed to change. And he said, come with me. And so I went with him. But because he had a similar story. Uh, now, did you start living with him from that? From you that, got in the car. Got in the car. Okay. And uh, here I am, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was just... <laughs> I was this gopher boy. I was doing everything at the church from mowing the yard. That's how all our grandpas treated us. What are you talking about? I go to my grandmother's house. First thing we're going to do is chores. <laughs> chores. Chores. You know, mowing the yards, uh, vacuuming the mm -hmm. sanctuary, cleaning the, the bathrooms. And, you know, we had a gymnasium. That thing needed to be mopped. And, right. You know, and I'll never forget the, the one summer that the riding lawnmower went down. So, and we had 10 acres of land. It's back to Grandpa, the push mower. It's back to the push mower, baby. Jeremy, here we go. <laughs> so, so that's kind of a little bit of my story. You know, 12 years old, I'm, I'm drumming for Grandpa. Um, um, I move up playing bass and, um, you know, youth pastoring. Um, I'm doing all now, this stuff. Now, was he a pastor? Is he, that why you yeah, were moving Grandpa into church? Was, okay, Grandpa, he was Grandpa a pastor. Were pastor. Let me tell you about his story. Grandpa, uh, he had come in one night from the bar and uh, there in Fort Worth, Texas, and Pastor Bob Nichols of Calvary Cathedral there in Fort Worth was waiting for my grandfather as he came in. And, and Grandpa kind of come to this, this place in his life where he, he knew something needed to change. And, right. Uh, uh, everything up to that point, uh, thank God, is under the blood. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it was a challenge for him. Um, the, but he knew that he was the editor at the, excuse me, he was the distribution um, manager at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Oh, okay. And so he was, he was very influential in that realm, mm -hmm. uh, but, but got, got off. And... Um, Pastor Bob Nichols, one night as Grandpa's coming in, was waiting at the curb. Grandpa gave his life to Jesus. And my great uncle tells it that he'd never seen anything like it before. Because up to that point, my grandpa was really, really a sneaky about his stuff. You know, he'd say one thing, do another. Right. Um, but this was a radical change. Later on in life, as I was uh, talking with Pastor Bob Nichols, he said there were, there were two conversions that I really, if I could base my ministry off these two conversions, one was your, the number one was your grandpa. Because when your grandpa got changed, right. when he got saved, he got radically saved. 
not only did grandpa get saved, but the whole family got saved. Right. They were, and things started changing. And, um, and, I, and so I'm forever eternally grateful sure. for that sure. impact on my, uh, on my grandpa and my grandma. And, and he wasn't a perfect man. Bless God, we're, we're not going to get perfect until we get to heaven. So he still, he still had some tendencies of, of you know, <laughs> I was the brunt end of him flying off the handle a few times, but, you know, I was a teenager. Well, maybe you weren't listening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe him flying off the handle, you weren't listening. You were a teenager. Exactly. Now, you're the only teenager that hasn't listened. All other teenagers have listened. <laughs> All the before. other ones, I, nev I was never the brunt end of flying. No, not me. I was... Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we we come from a long lineage sure. of of, um, of of pastors and people that have, and I really believe it started because one man waited out at the curb, uh -huh. said, "Yes, Lord, I'll go. Uh -huh. I'll go make a difference. I'll go and speak life. I won't judge this man, but I'll help him." Well, that not not judging him in that he can't be helped. Right. There, there is a judgment that says you need Jesus. Yeah. See, we some some of us from the church world, we've stepped back too much in not judging and saying, wait a minute, I'm not judging the fact that you can't be helped. You can be helped. Yes. It can change. Yes. You do need Jesus. Yes. And I'm here to help facilitate that in any way I can. That's right. Not push you down, not make you feel worse than it already is, but let's be honest. We all know that without Jesus, we need some help. Without yeah. Jesus, we're not going to be who we need to be. And some of the difficulty I've seen in the years in, in, in Christianity is that we're just trying to convince people to be a little bit better morally. Yeah. And that, 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 that place right. of where people know, I used to be this, but after that day, I didn't go back to that anymore. Yes. We have to be careful that the enemy doesn't sneak in and say, oh, just be a little bit better morally. Right. That's not what the Lord's asking for. Right. He's calling us, you need to be radically different Exactly. than you used to be. People ought to be able to mark in time. You used to be this, but now you're something else. That's right. In a good way. We've all called somebody something else. Yeah, that's right. But in a good way. And those type of stories that happen with your grandfather, we need those stories in the church where we're assembling together <laughs> so that when we bring people, they can say, wait, I knew him. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean that you were an alcoholic for 20 years and then God touched you? Yes. And you weren't. What happened? What, what happened? What, what happened? Exactly. Exactly. And when we do that, see, we don't get the glory for that. Yeah. We don't get to say, well, I just, I had a four-step program and I, I watched motivational, inspirational one-minute segments every morning and that changed my outlook. No. No. A Holy Ghost change. Right. There was Revolutionizing a, your life. Actually, a touch from the Spirit of God. Yeah, and see when that happened, when Grandpa got saved, Woody, mm -hmm. it, it was uh, it was a radical ch change, mm -hmm. uh, because my great uncle tells a story. He says I have to go see this, right? Is this real? 
is Kenneth really, he said immediately, he, so he drove in from Canadian, Texas, and to go see my grandpa, uh, because grandpa was, was talking to him, and he said immediately as gra my grandfather mm -hmm. came out of the door and he saw his countenance, he said, you're different. You're different. I want what you got. He said, so grandpa and grandma took him down to the church. That mm -hmm. was on a Saturday. He, they were at church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And Uncle Keith gave his heart to the Lord. And, you know, Uncle Keith went on to start churches in Wheeler, Texas, where, where you know, this show is going to. Right. Amarillo, all throughout the panhandle. He started a church in Plainview. Mm -hmm. Texas, and then he went from Plainview all the way up to Canada, to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, and, and, and made an impact in that nation, <laughs> that part of the world. Right. And Because um, he drove down and, saw, and, he, and he saw the countenance of one man, yeah. and he said, whatever Jesus that is, yep. that's the one I want. That's the one I want. I want the real deal. That's what the world is literally hollering that they want from Christianity. Yeah. I want to see you be different. Yeah. I don't want to just hear you talk the talk. But I want to see some fruit in your walk. Mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see that you have some weight behind you. I want to see you get frustrated and not kick the dog, slap the cat, and drown <laughs> the fish. I want to see, because of, okay, the Bible says be angry. But don't sin. Sin not. It didn't say don't ever be angry. It's good. See, there's too much passivity in Christianity <laughs> that Jesus never taught. The Bible says be angry. Yeah. Don't sin in the anger. Right. You may still have to do something. Yeah. But let everybody know I don't have to sin in my anger. Yeah. I don't have to sin in the frustration. I don't have to sin in in the problem. I don't have to sin because of a circumstance. Right. May, no matter what's going on, I don't have to turn to a sin outburst. Right. To, to the, the old man. Right. The, the, the old, old man. Way of doing right, the old way of doing yeah. I don't have to turn to that right. to express the frustration. It's so good. Or the ten, we, we, I mean, you and I talked with a man today. Today. Who has been radically changed. Yes. He's been, I, I mean, he went through Teen Challenge Radic broke addictions. He's yes. been to prison. He's he's moving forward. He talked with me and Pastor Jeremy today. He said the enemy has been trying to overstress me to make me step back into ways that I used to do, right? And not handle things the way I should, right? But push me into angry and sinning. Yeah. And we had to minister to him today before we today. got to this studio. That's right. That's right. That's why we were late. We were actually ministering to a man that says, look, don't go back into sin because you're angry. Exactly. Don't go back into sin because you're frustrated. Don't go into an old way because you're radically changed. And, and I, think, I think the enemy knows, too, that we're on the... That that particular gentleman that we was ministering to today, I, I had spoke to him specifically about could it be the enemy's harassing you because he understands and knows exactly what's about to happen for you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, Woody, 
they have a tendency, well, I'll just, I'll just lay, lay low because I don't want the, the enemy to harass me any longer. Well, if you're doing anything for Jesus, you're going to get harassed. Even if you're not doing it for Jesus. <laughs> right. If you woke up, if, if you woke up, something's going to break. If you woke up, something's going to go wrong. If you woke up, something's going to happen. Yeah. Stop, uh, stop acting surprised. Exactly. It, 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 it really is... A, Life is going to happen just because that we're Christians. Right. Doesn't mean life doesn't happen. Right. What does I mean by say that? Means your car's going to break down. Sometimes you might lose a job. Sometimes you and your spouse may get into an argument. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Maybe your kid lost its mind. You know, yeah. they're 15 and they know it all. So right. encourage them. Go ahead and move out now. You know it all. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. You know, look, someone may cut you off in traffic. Right. Well, you can either give them the hand signal for displeasure. Right. Doesn't mean that you don't have the feeling, but now what are you going to do with it? Life's going to keep happening. Yeah. First Peter, first Peter chapter four, Peter is writing to the church and said, think it not strange when fiery trials come to try you. Think it not strange. So stop thinking yeah. it's odd that something difficult is happening. Right. Stop thinking that. Oh, my goodness, the oil prices, gas prices are up. Think it not strange. Think it not strange. Oh, my goodness, Aunt Gladys <laughs> is having a battle with cancer. Think it not strange. Exactly. Oh, my goodness, so uh, Uncle Don lost a job. Think it not strange. Right. When did... When did we lose our courage and tenacity and our grit as Christians right. to say, no matter what this is, exactly. the Lord is with us. The Lord is going to help us. The Lord is going to encourage us. We will get through this, not in our own power, right. but with that spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Right. We will get through whatever this is. Right. I don't have to turn to sin to deal with stress. Greater is he uh -oh. that is in no, me you, now you're about to preach. than he that is in the world. You see, worldly events, it's not always blue skies, butterflies, and rainbows. There will be tribulation. But the word says, be of good cheer. What Jesus said. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He's already overcome. Right. And if I'm seated together with him in heavenly places, guess who else has overcome? Now, doesn't mean you've seen the answer yet. Right. But I can rejoice in the fact and know that all things are working together do for you, my good. Do you mean I don't have to worry all the time? Nope. Do you mean I don't have to let politics get me stressed out? <laughs> What are you saying? Right. That, I, that I don't have to let all of the world right. control my thoughts anymore? Right. Is that what you're implying, sir? <laughs> That's right. Are you trying to say that the Holy Spirit living in me yeah. isn't as concerned with everything else as I think I am? Come on. Come on. Why Come does on. everything take your joy? Why yeah. does everything else take your peace? Why is everything else robbing you of your life? What did Jesus say? I came. That you may have life. That you may have life. It, 
now, Zoe, that word, that word like no, there, church. Oh, that, see, that, when he does like this, you know. <laughs> that word life is translated Zoe, which means the God kind of life. I've come to give you Zoe, life, the God kind of life. That God kind of living, the God kind of breathing, the uh -huh. God kind of responding, the God kind of acting. Wait, wait, you, you mean he didn't come to give me more credit cards and more stuff? Right. He, he didn't come to give me a bigger house and more right. cars? Right. So tell us more about this life he was talking about. Not, it's peace not, in the storm. It's peace in on. knowing that even in the storm, Jesus is still sleeping in the bow of the boat. Jesus is still at peace and at calm. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter, he's on the Isle of Patmos. No, 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 that's John. John, John. Now, Peter, but Peter, when he's, when they're stranded, they're shipwrecked, and he goes and grabs the wood. That's Paul. Paul. Oh, golly. I'm going to have to have class with my <laughs> pastor friend about his Bible stories. We're going to have to talk to him <laughs> off air so he'll know what... I'm helping him. It's good Let's to have brothers. That. Let's cut that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to leave that in. That's classic. Or at least make a blooper reel. Daniel's cracking up. You know he's in there cracking Daniel's up right now. Daniel's cracking up. Daniel's okay. like, I love these guys. <laughs> okay, right. Paul. Okay, Paul. Uh, he is right here. There we go. He, he's on. They're shipwrecked. They are. Because he's on. Now, where's Paul going? He's, he's going, on his way to be on trial for Christianity. He's on a journey. He's on a God-ordained journey. To be on trial exactly. for Christianity. Exactly. But he knows that the leader has to hear mm -hmm. this gospel. Mm -hmm. And the Lord gave him, you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You've got to deliver this gospel. Wait, you mean God didn't stop the storm? The storm came. Oh, go ahead. And so Paul... The, not Peter. The storm came anyway. Not John. Not John. <laughs> not Bartholomew. <laughs> not Philip. It was Paul. Okay. But the storm came anyway. Exactly. Stay there just for a moment. Because we we got too caught up in speaking away the storm. Right. I can take you to more passages where God didn't stop storms. He made people go through them. But we're talking about the God kind of living. Right. That stays at peace in the storm. Exactly. And I tell you what, <laughs> so here Paul is. And you know, the, the island people, they're, they're, they're very suspicious and they're very, you know, superstitious. And they're watching these guys. And, and here Paul lays his hands on some sticks to create a fire. And, 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 and as soon as he puts the wood into the fire, the viper lays hold of his hand, uh -huh. and, they, and they said, oh, he's, he's done. Now, why did, but now, they thought it was a judgment from their God. That's right. Against Paul. Exactly. Exactly. But my point here is this. The storm. Mm -hmm. The shipwreck. Mm -hmm. The snake bite. Uh-huh. Yet God still saw Paul through. So, wait a minute. So, now, wait. Now, I just want to understand you, Jeremy, because... You and I are actually going to be launch, launching and causing people to be in remembrance of what the Word really says. Yeah. God didn't stop the storm. Yeah. God didn't stop the shipwreck. Right. Then they made it to land. God didn't stop the viper. Right. 
So they went through the storm and the shipwreck and they got snake bit. And God right. didn't stop any of that. Right. Okay. I'm just making sure that but this the, is the same gospel because there are a whole lot of people have had some gospel presented to them that yeah. says, if you come to Jesus, if you'll say just these right words, you won't have any storms, you won't have any shipwrecks, and you won't have any snakes. And that's not the gospel. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And I think with that, Woody, we're doing the people an injustice of saying that when you come to Christ, you will not have any problems ever again. Or doing them an injustice by saying, if you have a problem, we'll teach you the right words, the magic words to say, and the problem will just go away. Right. And that's not what the Word of God says. Come on. He says, I'll, okay, Paul is shipwrecked, Paul. <laughs> on an island, and when the snake latched onto his hand, yeah. they believed it was a judgment of God from their gods. Yeah, because Paul, they believed that it was judgment from their gods that Paul had not been condemned for past crimes he had committed, yes. even though they didn't know him. Yeah, Paul was a Christian killer. He actually did commit past crimes, mm. and God was showing them that their God wasn't God. That's good. That Jesus was the one that even though you've been bit by the snake, don't let the venom kill you. Don't let the venom overtake you. Don't let bitterness take over your mind. Don't let bitterness take over your heart. Don't let the venom of what happened to you take over. You have to remember what Jeremy, what Pastor Jeremy said, came to give you greater is he that's in me. Right than he that's in the world. Right, 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 right. Because there is a God life right. that he's trying to give us. That's right. Which is the Zoe's, the God kind of life. It's a good life. That doesn't make the storms disappear. Exactly. But I can be happy. And strong. And, and, and tenacious. And encouraging. And at peace. Exactly. In the storm. Exactly. And I think that, ladies and gentlemen, that is what you're going to get from our TV shows. That's what you're going to get from Pastor Woody Robinson from Rock of Ages Church in Dallas, Texas, when he ministers the gospel. We're not going to water it down. We're not going to give you some kind of cake. I, I like cake, for the record. I like <laughs> cake. Cake Christianity. For, for, the, for the record, though, I like cake. <laughs> Just saying. He does like cake. It's obvious I like cake. <laughs> but you're going to get the real gospel. Yeah which is well-balanced, talking about how we can go through the storm uh -huh. but live victoriously. Well, how, how do you talk about Daniel being thrown in the lion's den and not talk about he's the God that goes with you yeah. in the problem? Yeah. He's not the God that keeps you from the problem. He's the God that goes with you in the problem. That's good. Daniel was thrown into the prison for his relationship with Jehovah. That's so good. If so they good. rounded us, if they rounded all of us Christians up, is there enough evidence to throw us in jail? And then if we get in jail, are we going to cry about it 
and then back down about it? Or are we going to get in jail and say, church will be on Sunday, 9 a.m., y'all come on. Who's on drums? Who's going to play guitar? We're still going to sing about Jesus. Yeah. We're still going to preach about Jesus. Yeah. We're still going to pray for the sick to be healed. We're still going to pray for the addict to be set free. We're still going to be who we are in here that we ever were out there. That's so good. That's so good. That's the, that's the kind of Christianity I was raised on. That's yeah. the kind you were raised exactly. on. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I think, I think for, for both of us, we have a rich heritage we of do. faith. We do. That has helped us even, even in our times of, you know, I, I, I go back, you know, back to 17 when you and I met. I had just come out of one of the worst years of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with court cases and and stuff I had to go through. The I wasn't looking for the fight, but it happened. But the fight came, and so I think what Christians and, 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 let, and, let, me, let me make this point. Okay, I think where Christians miss it is they don't know how to properly uh, conduct themselves when the fight comes. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to posture themselves. And understand that our weapons of our warfare are, are not, not carnal, carnal, but they're they mighty, mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and spiritual wickednesses in heavenly places. Now, how do we, how do we fight? Uh huh. We've got to teach people how to fight. Uh huh. We we we've taught them the how people, to cower. Yeah, we've taught them how to eat cake. I like cake. I know you like cake, but we gave them this this port of Christianity that's made them well we told them there's weak. not going to be any fights exactly I love I love I love a story my grandpa told he was he he got saved right okay and and he was leading worship uh, at for faith temple pastor JC Thompson there in Fort Worth Texas and pastor JC Thompson my grandpa grandfather he he loved music he, mm -hmm. he enjoyed singing mm -hmm. and and uh, and so my, my but before this my grandma had a vision that my grandpa would pick up a hymnal and he would lead the people for a time and then he would lay down the hymnal and pick up his Bible and preach the word and so one day while he was in this season of leading uh, leading music mm -hmm. there at Faith Temple uh, he he got offended and that can happen and that can happen and, and uh, he he said he 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 went home he was mad and he had a, a lady in the church a seasoned veteran <laughs> <laughs> a seasoned veteran come to the, come to his house uh -huh. and said Kenneth Johnson use the, use the first name and last name that's right Kenneth Johnson uh -huh. God will never use a jellyfish. Uh-oh. Grow a backbone. Woo! Preach! When he told that story, uh -huh. it gave me a different view of Christianity. Yeah. We need to be people with some grit. We do. We need to have some backbone. We do. And say, you know what? We're going to take everything that comes down the turnpike. When, when, when the enemy comes at us. Right. When, when people come at us. Yeah. When situations come at us. I'm going to take up a correct posture and I'm going to fight the good fight of, of faith. faith. Right. Laying hold of those eternal promises. Mm -hmm. Pressing on to the high calling. Pressing on to the mark. Keeping my mind right, my heart right, 
my my confession right in the storm i can have peace right in the storm in the storm that you you referenced um pressing toward the pressing toward the mark yeah paul writes that after coming through philippi yeah well they throw him and silas in prison exactly they and he's talking about why didn't he get why didn't paul ever get offended every time he went on a missionary journey right why didn't he get offended and stop going on missionary trips? Because every missionary trip he ever went on, getting, they beat him, yeah. they tore all his clothes off, yeah. they threw him in prison, they mistreated him. Exactly. And he didn't say, well, forget this Jesus stuff, I'm walking away. Yeah. These people mistreated me. Yeah. He said, guess what? When I get out of this prison, I'm going to go right back up there and I'm going to preach again. And then I'll go back over to this other town and I'm going to preach again. And I'll get somebody and we'll go on another missionary trip. We need to stop letting the enemy bring an offense in us and us quit. Get back in the game. Get back in the game. Get back at it. Ladies and gentlemen, get the camera on me right here. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing anything today, tonight, whenever this show is airing, I hope you're hearing that we're trying to get you to the other side. It's not all bad. No. There's a whole lot of good going on. Yes, there is. It is time to put a, you know, buckle up our bootstrap so mm -hmm. to speak it is time to pick up our bible open it read our bible it's time to pray again it's time to believe god again it's time to trust god again it's time to to keep our focus on him when we don't know what to do when all around is chaos we're going to keep our eyes on jesus amen we're going to keep our eyes on him mm -hmm. brother woody what a what an honor it's been to have you on Light of the Southwest here at GLC. I'm just so thankful for what God is going to do mm -hmm. from this day forward. You know, we're, uh, we're, we are rebirthing some things around here at GLC. Sure. There was a, a season of 30 years where this ministry had, had blazed a trail, and, uh, and, and so we're, I'm excited about what God is going doing right here right now through this television ministry of of seeing some things begin to blossom again uh you're watching here today and you say man that's really good would you support us would you partner with us here at glc we would certainly appreciate it you can you can find us on the internet at glc.tv glc .us.tv and you can connect with us there and we have different levels of partnership matter of fact this week we just brought on a new transponder here at the radio uh, at the TV station uh, the Snyder transponder which goes to Sweetwater Texas Big Spring and all the surrounding communities and so we welcome you thank you for tuning in today we really do appreciate it. If this has blessed you, Light of the Southwest with Pastor Woody Robinson, would you sow a seed today? Would you, would you give toward this that's going on? I feel in my heart what God has called me to do. When we moved into, uh, we moved into an old Baptist church, Brother Woody, back in, uh, 2011. And, uh, the Lord said, Jeremy, you're going into a season of repairing and preparing. Mm -hmm. 
repairing and preparing. And I was like, Lord, I don't know if I like that season. <laughs> At least you were honest with the Lord. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I begin to, when you understand seasons, uh-huh. you know, the sons of Iskar, they knew the times and the seasons. And uh, when you understand seasons, you can properly posture yourself in that season. You know, It'd be like showing up in Alaska with your swimsuit on. You, that's <laughs> you, not you, wrong, wrong apparel for the wrong, wrong place. apparel. Yeah. You're not posturing yourself correctly. <laughs> but we here at GLC understand that we are in a season of repairing and preparing for what God is going to bring to this television station. Yes. And we are expecting and we are excited about the future. And we hope that you are excited with us. And remember, again, you can contact us. You can, you can link up with us through glc.us.tv. And then there's different levels of partnership there. And we would love, love to connect with you. Love to connect with you. Here are some partner levels. If you want to, Raindrop is $1 to $30 a month. You could be a water bearer partner for $30 to $75 a month. You could be a part of the operations from 75 to 150 a month, or you could be a part of what I believe uh, me and the church, our church, and me and my wife, we are going to be a growth partner at $150 a month. If we get all of our people that are listening and that are watching right now, if you will respond, that would be amazing. What's going on? We're, we're turning over a new leaf around here, and we are so excited about the season of repairing and preparing. It's really cool. Now, tell me a little bit how, and we've talked a lot. We, we have. We've talked about Peter, John. We finally got to Paul. Thomas, and we've talked about... <laughs> We talked about Zacchaeus yet? I don't think we have. <laughs> but, but we've talked about how we are trying to help people come up in their way of doing and way of living. And I think that's exciting. If people wanted to connect with you, Brother Woody, how would they connect with you right now? And let's go from there. We're, I'm in that season to where we're just getting this opportunity from, from GLC, and we are so excited about that. Um, we're a small church there in the Dallas area, but we are fervent about the Spirit of God, and we're in that season of preparing and um, beginning to get our ducks in order Yeah, and so that we can be more of a part here at GLC because we know that through the power of technology, we can yeah. reach more people. Um than we ever can just in our one little neighborhood. Exactly. So we're focusing, we're partnering with GLC. We're coming on board with ministers like Brother Jeremy. We know that there has been a lot of ministers that a lot of people have been offended by. We can't help that. Right. What we can do is help people to say, look, you might have been offended, you might have been hurt. You might have misunderstood some things. Maybe you just, some people you don't even want to listen to anymore. And that's fine. We understand that. But Pastor Jeremy and I, we are men of God. We love the Lord with all of our heart. 
We don't need you to support GLC to make us feel better. What we need is to be ministers to bring healing and restoration to people's outlook, to their emotions, to say, you know what, maybe you've been offended. Maybe you've been genuinely offended by a church you went to. Maybe you were offended by a pastor. Maybe you were offended by a worker in that church. I'm not minimizing your level of hurt. I'm not right. minimizing the fact that you were hurt, that you, uh, you were doing everything right and you got offended. That's when it happens. Okay, you've been offended. Jesus, on his way to Calvary, kept uttering a phrase, forgive them, they know not what they do. Right. Forgive them, they know not what they do. What if Jesus had gotten offended and said, I'm not doing this. They've mistreated me. They've treated me bad. They don't understand that I'm the Messiah. I'm not minimizing what you felt. I'm not minimizing what you've experienced. But sometimes we have to take that offense and say, Lord, I've let that offense stop me from living for you. Yeah. I've let that offense stop me from being who I'm supposed to be at my local church. Lord, I need to, I need to repent. I've let the offense become more important than you. Have you let the offense become more important than the Lord? Have you let the offense change your relationship with Jesus? You may say, I, I used to walk with the Lord. I used to be a teacher. I used to be a, 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 an encourager. But then I got offended and I said, forget it. I'm just walking out. I'm hmm. sorry that that happened. Sorry. I am. I'm not minimizing that. But it's happened to all of us. We've all been hurt. We've all been offended. We've all had times where tears were streaming down our eyes and we didn't know how it could hurt so bad. I want to minister healing to you. Yeah. You can be restored, but don't let the offense become more important than the Jesus that died for you, rose from the dead for you, saved you, forgave you of all of your miscarriages and all of your offenses. And sometimes what you have to do is say, Lord, I offend that situation. Maybe it was 30 years ago. Maybe it was 25 years ago. Maybe it was 20 years ago. But you're still offended over it. Yeah. I don't mean, I'm not trying to be unsensitive, but you're wrong to still be offended 20 years later. So good. You're wrong. Put that under the blood and say, Lord, I'm going to forgive them. Lord, you forgive them. Lord, forgive me for letting the offense become more important. And today... Mark that change, like Brother Jeremy talked about his grandfather, that day where it radically changed. Yeah. Let that offense be radically changed today, that that doesn't guide you anymore in your outlook, that that doesn't guide you in where you're going. You know, Jeremy, Jesus had an instance where he healed a man of blindness. Yeah. And when he first healed him, he asked him, what do you see? And the man said, I see men walking around as trees. But men aren't trees. Sometimes you can be partially healed of something emotionally, but you're still not seeing it right. Yeah. I'm going to pray today that the Lord genuinely heals you completely. And you don't look through a lens of bitterness. And you don't look through a lens of, of criticalness. And you don't look through a lens of, well... You know how they are. You're going to change your lens to say, Lord, I want to look through your lens of understanding. Lord, I want to look through your lens of forgiveness. So good. Lord, I want to look through your lens 
that, I'm, that greater is he that's in me than anyone that's offended me. So we just pray over you that the Lord's going to heal you from whatever that offense was so, good. so that you come back to being the man or woman of God that you're called to be. I believe there's someone watching right now from the even a, a hotel room. You're watching and you're saying, I've, I've done that before. I've, I've given that a shot before. Matter of fact, I, I tried two or three times and it, all, all three times it, it failed. And the Lord's saying, how about try again? How about give God another opportunity? How about give the Lord another opportunity? I'm telling you, there's a, there's a stirring going on in you. And it's the Holy Spirit. He's wooing you and drawing you in to a closer and deeper relationship with him. And we're going to pray for healing right now. Brother Woody, would you just pray over those people that are watching that they have a, an encounter with the Holy One of Israel, with Jesus. They have an encounter with him that revolutionizes and changes their life. Would you pray over them? Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, that yes. name that's above every name, Yes, Lord. every person that's watching this broadcast, Yes, Lord. we minister healing to their heart, healing to their emotions, yes. healing to their mind. Lord, change our lenses. Yes. Lord, we don't want to be bitter. We don't want to be critical. We don't even want to look through a lens of denomination. Lord, yes. forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those that have trespassed against us. Yes, Lord. Lord, don't let us be offended. Don't let the offense be bigger than you. So, Holy Spirit, move in. Yes, God. Move in right now. Yes, Lord. Move into their heart, their mind, their spirit, and say, Lord, I want move that in. radical change also. Yes, Lord. Lord, if there be anyone that's watching right now and they're not saved, in the name of Jesus, give your heart to the Lord right now. Repent for your sin. Claim him as Lord of your yes, life, Lord. that you're going to walk with him the rest of your days. Yes, Lord. Lord, if there be any sin, it's forgiven right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, if we've been offended, Lord, if the person watching has been offended, they've been hurt, they've been, they've been um, misunderstood, in the name of Jesus, we minister healing to them, and we seal that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What an honor it has been to have you, Brother Woody, today. It has been amazing. Always thank good for, to be with you, my thank friend. Thank you for being a good friend. Well, thank you for being a good friend. <laughs> Praise God. If you're in this area, the Midland, Permian, Midland, Odessa, the Permian Basin region, and you're looking for a good church, I want to give you an opportunity to come out. We invite you to Lifehouse Fellowship Church. And we're at 1607-1788, FM-1788, and we have just moved into our new building, and we're so thankful that we are... And if you're ever in Dallas... That's right. I want you to come on by Rock of Ages Church. Uh, they're at 17, 1753, Kleeberg Road. Stop in and see us. Say, hey, yeah. I saw you on television. And we'll have, I promise you, we'll have a good time. We'll treat you like family. That's right. We might make you sweep up afterwards. We might make you hand out some juice, but we'll treat you good. <laughs> we love you. God bless you. Have a great, great rest of your day. Until we, until we get around this this, this area again, remember, you're loved.